Welcome to Direct-to-Video DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. Now, where's the button on this thing? So, I still haven't watched anything. I don't know about you. Uh, I did, but we can totally do a DVD Extras. We, we're gonna have to. I have, I, uh, I have tests last week. I have tests next week. I have to drive home tomorrow and back tomorrow. Oh, that's fine. We're out of DVD extras anyway. I was going to talk to you about it. I, but I'll say this before before we start going on. I want to talk about Beauty and the Beast in a second. But first, my Muppet Treasure Island is still so fucking good. No, <laughs> um. I'm, I've, never, I've never watched anything Muppets related, I don't think. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. No, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it because I'm definitely going to mention it in the Muppet in, in Treasure Island one. Yeah. But there's a thing um, I sort of wanted to mention because I figured we'd do a DVD extras about Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, so, um, what, what you're telling me? Sorry, give me a sec. I need to open up my. Uh, I need to open up a document here. Uh oh. Okay. Because <laughs> I have a document here labeled Beauty and the Beast thoughts. Great. Great. Um, um, but... Because I think we're going to talk about this for a whole nother maybe hour and a half. Right. Um, but what I wanted to mention, even before we get into that, is you read that article, right, about Ashman? So I didn't read that article, but I knew. And I wanted to talk about it in the last episode, but I decided not to bring it up just because it's... It's it's like some heavy stuff, and I did not... like I, I've known his name for forever, but I didn't know... Yeah. All that, all that extra stuff about it, and I kind of want to rescind my judgment for Beauty and the Beast not being a very good allegory for physical deformity, because what it was was an allegory for AIDS, and it was very good at that. Yeah. It was very good at being an allegory for AIDS. Yeah, it's got the miracle cure, it's got everybody hating the Beast for no reason, and when he shows up, you see him as a monster, and then as you get to know him, you realize he's just a regular person who made one mistake and is now paying for it the rest of his life. Yeah, it's... And I fucking love that, and it made me very sad. Oh, because, so I... here, wait, let me say this for the listeners. Yeah. Because Ashman died of AIDS and also wrote the lyrics for the Beauty and the Beast songs while he was dying of AIDS. Yeah, he, uh, he actually... Uh, Howard Ashman passed away, I think, before the official release of the film. He, hmm, there, there's a lot to talk about, and and if I would recommend that anybody who wants to know more about him, like just read up on him or watch Waking Sleeping Beauty. So, Waking Sleeping Beauty is a 2009 documentary that came. Yeah, it's a 2009 documentary, and uh, they they dedicate a good amount of it to uh, Howard Ashman. And it's a fantastic documentary as well. Um, so yeah, that that was that was my big uh, yeah be- be- Beauty and the Beast thought that I did not was not able to get out earlier. <laughs> <sighs> Here's the thing: I am closed up in my room. It's very warm in here. Here, actually, I'm just gonna crack the window. That's going to be. I hope that doesn't make too much white noise. Hey, I, remember this is a DVD extra. This is your problem now. Well, the thing is, with the DVD extras, I feel like nobody really expects it to be well edited, so I can, 
I can get away with a little bit. Hmm. Did you guys did you guys hear the reaction that he had to that? He's like, ugh, ugh, hmm. ugh. Andy hates that he's the touchstone for quality here. I I really do dislike it. Yeah. Genuinely, though, you are better at it than I am. I. Yeah, which and, is funny. And... Which is funny because Balto Two is still our most popular episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny um, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I need to. Like, I'm trying to get like all of my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Please. Um, because I, I've been making a lot of bad decisions in the last couple of weeks. Okay. The the biggest one is that a couple of weeks ago now, no, last week. Last week, uh, Persona Five came out, and that was a bad decision for you. Oh, it was. It was. It's a terrible decision. That that video game is uh, playing havoc with my sleep schedule right now. Mm. And and this is a video game that I've been waiting for for years. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a video game guy. Like I don't have my I don't have my finger in the in the video game pool. Yeah. Um, but. Persona 5 is just a name that I've heard about a million times. <laughs> um, and that's not just recently either. So I figure it must be a big anticipated one. If I've heard yeah. it. Yeah, it, and it's good. I am completely enraptured by this game's entire presentation. It's music, it's art choice, it's it's got it all for me. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about this a lot because... Um, have you ever, uh, how do I want to phrase this, experienced something and thought to yourself, oh shit, every every little inch of this thing appeals to me. Nothing nothing about it does not appeal to me. Um, <sighs> here's the thing, dude. We're already going to talk about the beauty of the beast. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, because, because, because for me... I can only think of like a handful of times where I I watched or played something and like as I was playing it I was like oh yeah this this is going to be like on my list of things to think about forever because and people, and like as much as I loved sorry people have been talking about the new Zelda game like that yeah um again I haven't played it I'm not not a big video game guy yeah and uh Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. You're, you're good. Because, because like, I'm trying to think about the last time in recent memory that I've had this feeling, and it mm-hmm. was it was a couple of years ago when I watched uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Like that. That was the last mm. time before this time that it happened. That's funny because I had problems with Star Wars Episode Seven. Most of the problem I had was that they literally made a bigger Death Star and then tried to make that okay by pointing it out in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, guys, you could have done but, something else. But Han Solo pointed it out, which made I know, it like and it 90%. Was a funny moment, but then they still had to go to the Death Star and like do the Death Star thing. Ooh, yeah. I like I liked the name of the new Death Star, though. Starkiller Base is a kick-ass name. Okay, but here's the thing. You haven't played The Force Awakens. Not The Force Awakens. The Force Unleashed. No, I have not. No. Okay, because, um... There's actually an interesting story about this. Um, the character's name in that 
is they call him Vader's apprentice, and they call the fact that he exists Project Starkiller or something. And the reason they call him that, the reason they call him that is because they wanted a Darth name, you know, Darth this or that. And um, apparently George Lucas walked in one day and said, hey, how about Darth worst name ever? And everybody on the game kind of froze. And he walked away and was like, yeah, that's what you should name him. And then they just didn't name him anything. (laughs) Because they figured they couldn't give him another name because Lucas would know about it. Yeah. (laughs) So they quietly didn't name him anything. And so that's what that makes me think of. Only because it's also a Star Wars story and apparently Starkiller's already a thing in, in Star Wars. The funny thing about that that little anecdote is that apparently that happens a lot in Star Wars Extended Universe stuff. Mm-hmm. That, like, George Lucas would just walk in and pitch the worst idea ever, That's and they would just have to be like... It? Yeah, and they would just have to be like, we... You saw... these this Stuff like this was passed around when Carrie Fisher died. You saw, like, yeah. the scripts where the actors crossed out the shit they weren't gonna say. Yeah. Right? And most of these actors were green actors. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford was kind of already a big deal, and everybody else wasn't. But these yeah. people cross were like, no, I'm going to say the thing that makes sense. I'm going to say something not stupid here. And that's why that's a good movie. Uh, Carrie Fisher made her whole career, apparently, doing that to scripts, which I never knew about. And that's a super interesting job to me. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I can't tell you how many times I've walked out of a movie and thought to myself, those lines are just not yeah, those lines gonna are fly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely been there. That's that's usually what makes me hate a movie. Because I am not the kind of person, like I can't watch a Michael Bay movie or something. I'm oh, not the God. kind of person who's okay with just explosions or gunfire or something and that makes a movie good. I need a halfway decent story. I mean, I mean past... Past the halfway decent story, you like you got to make that dialogue work. And mm-hmm. um, a good example of this is I don't know if you I don't know if you watch Doctor Who ever. I've watched like two episodes. I watched one of the Neil Gaiman episodes and then one that was just on one day. So Doctor Who has a massive dialogue problem. Okay. Uh, because and, and I don't know about like old Who. Because I've never watched any of it, but knew who. I have watched one of the ones that Douglas Adams wrote, and um, you know his stuff has always has always been kind of goofy. But yeah, it was it was pretty goofy. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that knew who has a massive dialogue problem, where a lot of the times it feels like, especially with certain sentences that they have to say, like "I'm sorry." That that sentence makes no rational sense, even mm. with and. And you can only hand wave away so much bad dialogue with, oh, he's from space and talking about tech stuff. Right, sure. After a certain point, you have to... Yeah, after a certain point, it just gets exhausting. The, the thing about it, when you when you watch the original Star Wars, if you, if you just look at individual lines, they're great because a child could say them. And you're like, yeah, I get you. Okay. But they're also amazing because... There's a lot of subtext and emotion that you can pour into sentences that are written with simple words. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, like if you want to have a genuinely good script, you want to balance having simplified, like, casual language and kind of aloof, 
uh, what I would call like book prose. Because mm-hmm. you can't, because if you go all the way in one direction, you end up with a movie that just sounds pretentious. And if you go too far in the other direction, you sound like you're making a, a movie about, well, not a movie about, but you just, you, you sound like you're pandering to your audience. Yeah. It reminds me of, when you say that, it reminds me of um, somebody wrote, it, it was like it was like an advice for writers thing. And it said yeah. this paragraph is poetry. Because what you do is you like is, is you open with a short sentence that draws you in and then do another short sentence and then do a really long run-on sentence yeah. that like actually goes for like two lines and then close it with another short sentence and people react to that without realizing it. Yeah. If you have the simple stuff and then the complicated stuff. Because I, I read that too. and Yeah. And yeah, and I, it's one of those things that the more I think about it, the more I realize, like, I feel like George Lucas really didn't understand what it is that he did right in the first three movies. Because there's a, cause there's a huge dialogue problem in the prequel trilogy to Star Wars where a lot no. of the... A lot no. of the, let me fin- no. let me let, come on. No, Before I don't you... think so. I don't think no. <laughs> I think the dialogue's the best part of those movies. Oh man! You remember when Anakin talked about how much he hated sand? That was great. That was fantastic, <laughs> and it was romantic. <laughs> I fell in love with the guy. <laughs> didn't isn't that didn't didn't everyone? So anyway, I've been playing, oh, I've been playing like a million hours of Persona every like waking minute that I don't have work or mm-hmm. anything to do is just, has just been Persona time and it's great. And the reason I want to talk about it is because Persona 5 uh, does this very interesting thing and I feel like, I feel like the choice was very intentional because of the topic that the game is trying to tackle. Okay. Which is the topic of abuse towards a younger generation. So, like, like generational abuse. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of talk in the game, both about adults abusing kids, but also about how the older generation, through its actions, has abused this younger generation mm-hmm. in a way that maybe shouldn't be forgiven. And it's doing all of this kind of without directly saying any of the words that I just said. Right. I've been reading a lot of Calvin and Hobbes. He goes into that a bit. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that comes up every time you're kind of in between generational change. Mm -hmm. I feel like you always have those articles that people point out like, hey, you know, in the in the 1870s, like, people who rode bikes were considered rebellious and awful and heathens to society. And, like, now bikes are just, ever, like, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. And, and like, you like you get stuff like that. And I feel like whenever you have... destroying the soap industry. Yeah, exactly. Millennials are destroying the napkin industry. The golf industry. Fuck you and your golf. I don't have any money. Christ. Destroying <laughs> the napkin industry. Oh, that's my favorite one. Uh, I remember seeing that one. Uh, one of my favorite writers, uh, Ryan North, he said, uh, wait, he, he said he looked up millennials and <laughs> apparently, apparently they, there's a broader age range than he thought. And he flipped a table and said, those think pieces were about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Millennials is a big demographic. 
that like like me and you are a part of of that demographic mm-hmm. but my little brother isn't and he could be depending on how it is reshaped in the future uh that's true but i think as of right now he's not mm-hmm. thank you for listening to direct to video vhs, VHS? dvd extras i have been tony robusto and i have been your host andres i'm struggling do i do i want to go with the the full beast lips is that what i want to focus on here <laughs> those were good lips yeah reyes <laughs> i don't know why that got me (laughs) that got me hard Uh, you can uh you can find me at royalty underscore valens on twitter yes and uh you can find me at theater vets with an er uh, remember to uh, check us out on iTunes or Google or our website, wherever you find our podcasts. And if you can, give us that sweet, sweet five-star review. It really helps uh, yeah. get us on the leaderboards. Yeah, and, and and let's do a real sit-down chat about this, because we have a decent amount of listeners, and I am very happy for all that all of you are here joining us. Somebody leave a goddamn review. We have four listeners in China. What? Can one of you Chinese people open up iTunes? I literally do not know. But if you can, it would be so nice for you to leave a review. And I would just love our only review to be in Chinese. That would be hilarious, actually. Wouldn't that be delightful? I would love that. Guys, this is really how more people find out about us. And then, if more people find out about us, we can spend more time talking about stupid movies. (laughs) Yeah, because that'll give us a a bigger incentive to... Well, it'll give me a bigger incentive anyway to to sleep less and work on editing these things more. Exactly. Listen to him. Listen, listen to how much he wants to work for you. I need it. I got to <laughs> enslave myself to capitalism. It's really the only way we get by. I mean, that's not true. I work like two jobs. I was going. I, I meant as slaves to capitalism. Oh, as slaves to cap. Yes. Just in general, as slaves to capitalism, not because of the podcast. As slaves to capitalism, God, I, we don't make money on this. I would love if we, you know made something off of this that'd be awesome smile we only got like smiles on faces smile oh that'd be great you know what i immediately took it to monetary and you you took it to smiles on faces and i love that uh we could just end on like a good memory like let's let's just sit here and just think for a little bit on, about how much we want to kiss those cgi lips they were good fucking lips but here's the other thing i wanted to mention lee rosevere yes we use his music penguins on parade for our podcast and it's really good music and he does a lot of other really good music there's a i was just poking around his uh his library and i found something called going out for coffee or something and it's like a light but almost noir feeling huh. music and it's just it's just a good it's just it's just a good tune you as a listener should go check that out Because, you know what, why the fuck not? Life's too short. Did we cover all our bases? (sighs) I think we covered all the bases. So, oh, actually, you know what? I also, um, if you go to direct2.video, which is our website, I put up a couple more uh, YouTube videos. I don't really know how to share stuff on YouTube anymore. (laughs) I used to use YouTube all the time when I was in high school, and now I don't. Um, It's changed The only one that's gotten 
that's gotten like an amount of views because most of them just sit there. Mm. Yeah, is the one that I cut out of the Beauty and the Beast one, Gaston and Toxic Masculinity. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's mostly it's mostly you talking about your theory about why Gaston is the way he is. Yeah, and I fucking loved it, so I took it out and made that because it made me completely rethink his role in that movie. Yeah, and again, <laughs> after this past year or so, it it um. It's something that I, I think it's important to think about. It's important to um, definitely to to think about how masculinity and the idea that as a man you need to be something specific and what that means for you and for society is important. That's the, those are important thoughts to have. Yeah, uh, and it's like it's like four minutes. You can go you can go look at it. It's you don't even need to look at it. The video is just it's just a direct video thing. It's not even... They're, they're all great, like, just little teasers if you need to entice somebody with a little sip of what we do. Yeah. I also did one that um, I did mostly because I had listened to the Balto 2 one again, just to see why it was so popular, and I can't figure it out. Um, where I just um, put together, I think, a few of my own rants about bears. <laughs> uh, just, just, like the, just like the big stuff about how much I hated the bears in these movies and just played that. Yeah. So that's in there. That, that was fun. That's, yeah, that, that's, like, that's like a minute. So you can go check that out, too. Uh, oh, we'll man. try to add more to that because I, I, like, I, like, finding, I like finding our, our gems that we, that we have yeah. ended up with out of these conversations. So and, and until next time, I am the ghost of John Smith. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh my god. No, it it has been years since I sat down and ate a whole cake, but it's been years since I've sat down and eaten cake. That's Andy. I don't like sweets. And a lot of cake has too much sugar in it. Ugh. I don't like treat so much either, but I need to step away from your sad, sad life with no cake in it. It's not sad because there's no cake. It's sad because there is Hot Pockets.